1993. A college student turned drug trafficker had about the biggest meth lab in the United States. He would not hesitate to wipe out anybody who turned him in. Sadly, there were five people in Iowa who disappeared. This is a story of Dustin Honkin and Angela Johnson. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to Kelly's Coffee and Crime Chat. This is Kelly, and I am here to bring you another true crime case. I will have this one up early for my Patreon and Spotify subscribers. Um, This is February 7th, Wednesday, and I'll have it up for a couple days, and then Friday, it'll go directly to the podcast. I am drinking Java Mama Three Beans Butter Beer. This is very good. It's not beer, it's coffee, but... Oh my gosh, it's very sweet. It's okay. I don't want to say very sweet because I add sweet cream to it and stevia, but it has like a, it's, it's the type that I reminds me of a dessert based coffee. It is so good. Mm. And it's one that I've been trying, I've been meaning to order and I never have. So I just ordered it for the first time. Like a couple, uh, was it, it must've been last month. Mm. Yeah, because it was after the holidays that I ordered it. It is very good. Highly recommended. Okay. I want to thank everybody for all of your support. And I hope everybody on Patreon and Spotify Premium are enjoying my novel, Stranded in Time. I am reading it on there. And um, that is also for the $5 tier. I only have one tier and it's always $5. You get three bonus episodes a month, plus early access to some of the, most of the episodes, if I can get around to recording them early, and uh, basically an audiobook of my novel, but it's me reading, so it's not like a professional audiobook, but <laughs> there are times when I do get um, tongue-tied or something, or, fl- or you know, kind of get to reading uh, the wrong line or something and then I gotta go back and correct myself but I am so happy to read that and I hope that everybody's enjoying it so far I got some good feedback so that's good (laughs) okay I am doing this case and I just happened to see this on the ID show um evil lives here though and it's the shadows of death series and it's um this one this episode's called the wicked pair and I think it's on in season four. Oh my gosh. I've never heard of this. But that's one of my sources and also wikipedia.org. Um, this will be episode 90 in Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcast. And episode 26 on Patreon <clears throat> for early access. Okay. Like I said, this just is very, very sad. Um, 
and it's it's one that I've not heard of. Of course, it's in Iowa, um, but um, it, it's just so sad. I had to do a uh, an episode on this. Um, Dustin Honkin was born March twenty seventh, nineteen sixty eight, and he grew up in Britt, Iowa. Um, his father was an alcoholic who was also abusive to him, and he once convinced Dustin to steal and copy a key to a bank. Um, his father's name was Jim and he was sent to prison after two bank robberies. And, um, he divorced Dustin's mom when Dustin was nine. Uh, now his mother was loving and had a very, he had a, she had a very healthy relationship with him. And he also liked his stepfather. So his upbringing really was not that bad at all. Um, Dustin got a scholarship to North Iowa Area Community College in 1991 and planned on becoming a pharmaceutical lawyer. So he was very smart. I mean, he um, he was an A student and um, it came out later about his dark past um, that Dustin once held a pillow over his sister's face. I didn't realize he had a sister until I read this part. Um because she ratted him out to his girlfriend saying that he was cheating on her. So he held a pillow over her face and then finally he stopped smothering her and apologized and then he cried about it. And this happened at least one other time that he did this to his sister. So that's scary. I myself grew up with older brothers and if they ever did anything like that, I would be scared. I would I would just be scared of them. He was also a racist and planned on having someone rob a bank for him, get that person killed and thrown into a pond. He plotted this in 1984. Of course, this didn't happen. In 19, at least that I know of. In 1990, he raped his girlfriend and threatened to lock her in the basement to see if anyone could find her. Oh my gosh. So right there, he's, he's, something is wrong with him. Um, in the early 1990s, Dustin sold marijuana and cocaine. And then he decided it was his calling to be both a dealer and a manufacturer. So he upgraded to meth. Now, Tim Cut, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Cutcomb, Cutcomb, C-U-T-K-O-M-P is his best friend. So he came on board with him. Now, he moved to Arizona, borrowed $5,000 from his brother and got chemicals plus equipment. Um, Both of them produced many pounds of meth within a year. And they sold it in Iowa through two dealers. And the two dealers are Terry DeGoose, I think that's how you say it, and Greg Nicholson. These two made hundreds of thousands of drug uh, dollars on drug runs. So um, on one of the drug runs, Dustin happened to meet Angela Johnson on one of his, on his, on, like I said, on one of his drug runs. And she was dating Terry. She actually broke his marriage up. Terry was the uh, Degus, the um, one of the uh, dealers, and they both got together, and he actually got her pregnant with her second child. Now, she didn't want Terry to know because she was afraid that Terry that they, I don't know if she was afraid Terry would go after Dustin. I mean, from uh, um, Evil Lives Here, they it she told one of her friends that she was afraid to tell that he would find out that Terry would find out. Um, 
I don't know why, but uh, of course he wouldn't be happy, you know, but if she's with Dustin now, she should just say I'm with Dustin. But then if they're working together, you know, um, now Angela, her mother was an abusive alcoholic and she had been molested as a child. She was born in Forest City, Iowa. She was raised by a freakish, by freakish religious grandparents who would try to exercise demons from her by holding her down and speaking in tongues and hold, holding Bibles over her. Um, I don't know if they beat her with the Bibles. I don't know. But um, so that was her childhood. Dustin thought of writing. Now get uh, this just amazes me. Dustin thought of writing a how-to book on making and selling meth. He studied chemistry and science books. His meth lab was one of the largest in the United States, and his meth was 97% pure. I had no idea what pure meth was. You know, I'm not educated in all this stuff. I have no idea, but 97% pure. Dustin and Tim, his best friend, were arrested on drug trafficking charges in March of 1993, Dustin found out that Greg Nicholson, one of the, the um, dealers with Terry, that Greg Nicholson had worn a wire. And this is how he got arrested. He wore a wire during a drug conversation Dustin, ha Dustin had of a future deal making $3,000. They found 150 grams of meth in Greg's home. So he agreed to be an informant so that, you know, he wouldn't get in very much trouble. So... Greg started getting scared. He would tell his wife, his wife at that time, he would not let her, her name was Leslie, he would not let her like go outside or be next to any of the windows. And he knew Dustin's threats in the past about ordering a hit on him or anyone he wanted dead, saying he can order a hitman, have him taken out. Um, Dustin was to go to court for this on um, July 30th, 1993. And that's from um, Greg wearing a wire. He was supposed to go to court and um, he had he had been released on bond. So he went to find Greg with Angela Johnson and her pistol. She had her pistol with her. So on July 24th, 1993, Angela went to Greg's house and acted like a lost salesperson. And the, um, he had a girlfriend there. So, I, I mean, one source I read that he had the wife and they must have got divorced or something. And then now he's got a girlfriend. I don't know exactly. Um, I, I, there, there was time in here that all, that all this happened so many months. And um, so he had a girlfriend at the house and she got to the house and acted like she was lost and <clears throat> asked I think she asked to get inside to use the phone so she let her in and here Dustin was right behind her they got in Dustin tied Greg up made him record himself saying Dustin was innocent so Greg now had okay now his girlfriend he um Dustin bound and gagged her and Dustin I mean sorry and Greg bound and gagged both of them along with her two daughters, Candace, 10 years old, and Amber Duncan, six years old. Their last names were Duncan, Candace, and Amber. They were next door swimming in the next door neighbor's pool and had just gotten home, had just walked back to the house right before this happened. 
if they would have stayed at the neighbor's house, they would have, this would have never happened to them. So um, they told the kids they were going to go on a trip. Oh, let's go on a trip. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to tie you up and get bound and gag you, but we're going to take you on a trip, which I didn't get that when I read it. So I don't know if they actually bound and gagged the kids. I read that they did. Maybe they did that after they were told they were going on a trip. I don't know. They forced them all by gunpoint and drove them to a wooded area. Dustin took them, the adults first after they got to the wooden area, Greg and his girlfriend, out of the car to the woods, executed them right there. Um, Angela was still in the car with the two little girls. She could have left. She could have told them to run. She didn't. So he takes the two little girls out, does the exact same thing to them. They still had their swimsuits on. So he took the recording he had of that um, Greg said he was innocent to his lawyer and he changed his plea to not guilty because at first he pled guilty. So he changed it to not guilty. After finding out Greg was missing, now now these four people are missing. They have no idea where they're at. Um, of course, they buried him. And after finding out Greg was missing, they went for Terry to be an informant. This is Terry DeGauss. That's how you say his name. Um, Dustin had been suspicious of Terry. I'm trying to read my handwriting. Dustin had been suspicious of Terry. Um, So, uh, suspicious of him talking, I think, and being an informant. And um, so on 11, November 4th, 1993, now Terry is um, Angela's ex-boyfriend, and, or well, I think ex by now because she's pregnant with Dustin's child. But on November 4th of 1993, Terry dropped off his 10-year-old daughter at his mother's house and said he was going to see Angela, that Angela wanted to get back together. So she actually lured Terry to a country club for a night out. And he did not, he still didn't know she was pregnant. He didn't know this. So but when he got there, instead, she took him to an abandoned house. So I guess here she's driving. I'm not sure exactly where his vehicle was, where he left it. I'm thinking to at the country club. Um, she took him to an abandoned house. Dustin was waiting there. He beat, shot, and buried Terry. And he beat his skull into pieces, basically. Um, I forget how many pieces. It, it, it is just so sad. It's just so sad. So now they had to drop the case against Dustin because there were no witnesses. He got rid of them. He destroyed the gun with his best friend, Tim. And um, they did it with a blowtorch. So it like melted all the pieces in that. And um, fall of 1995, Dustin found another partner named Dan Cobean for manufacturing. But guess what? Dan became an informant too. Police are trying to get him. They're on his trail. And um, on February 7th of 1996, they got a search warrant on Dustin's house. They found everything, everything, including notes on how to bind and gag a person. 
Dustin and Tim Cutcomp, the best friend, were both indicted on drug trafficking. Dustin got out on bond and plotted to kill Dan Cobain and police officers plus chemists. He just wanted to just wipe out everybody. You know, anybody that can connect him to um, the drugs or to the missing people, I guess, is what it sounds like. Mm. Okay. But then guess what? Tim became an informant. He was afraid he would be blamed for Greg's murders, for Greg's murder and um, his girlfriend and, ch- and, and kids because... Uh, so he became an informant. He wore a wire when they were out during pretrial. Him and um, Dustin were out during pretrial. And he recorded Dustin about killing witnesses and mentioned that he killed in 1993. He compared this to a football game. Here's a quote. Once you go a certain distance, there ain't no turning back. That was Dustin's quote. Tim asked him if murdering people bothered him. He said no, that he never thought about it. Dustin said Dan Cobain was a rat and said he'd kill him even after he gets out of prison. If he goes down, goes down in prison, goes to prison. And then after he gets out, he'll still kill him. So Dustin's bond was revoked after this when police got this recording. So now Dustin tells other inmates he's killed before and will kill his best friend, Tim. He gave an inmate directions to Tim's house. Guards found out that he was trying to break a hole in the wall of his cell to have Angela deliver a hacksaw and rope to him. They stopped it, of course, when they found out that he was doing this. Um, Tim got four and a half years for his cooperation in this. Angela's, oh, this is really, okay, they were both arrested. Angela's in, in prison now, or jail, prison jail. And they had him in it was a type of jail where it was men and women and there was a man next to her in another cell. So this man next to her um, told it, told her, you know, um, his name was Robert McNeese. And he said he was serving. I, I heard two, two, I got two different sources here that say different. It was either him or another inmate he's talking about was serving life. Um, I think it was another inmate because that's what was on evil lives here and another inmate was serving life. And he told her, he said, Hey, since he's serving life, he'll take the rap for these murders. Just tell, just, just, um, give me more information on it and I'll tell him and we can do the, um, we'll take the rap for the murders and blah, 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 you know, whatever. So, um, she wouldn't do it for a while. And uh, he kept talking to her and talking to her and saying, look, just write me a map of where those bodies are. And he can take, he can tell the police and then he'll take the rap for it. (laughs) Well, she fell for it. She wrote a map of where all the bodies were buried. Now, Robert McNeese, of course, was an informant. And, um, (laughs) yeah. So, but but for um, his cooperation, he was released on November 14th of 2017. I I, I don't know exactly what he did and why he was in, you know, but um, he was released in 2017 for his cooperation in this. So now they got him. They found the bodies. 
And this is where they found that Terry's skull was in pieces and the little girls were still in their swimsuits because that's what they were wearing when they found them. Of course, they found skeletons um, because they wasn't found until years later. 2004 was Dustin's trial. I forget what year it was that they actually found the bodies. Um, I mean, he killed them in 1993. And I don't think they were found for seven years later, I think they said. So around 2000, 2000, 2001, something like that is when they found them. So October 14th of 2004, Dustin was convicted of 17 counts and five accounts of those was for murder. He showed no remorse. He was described as pure evil. He was sentenced to death on October 11th of 2005. Angela was found guilty of five counts of murder. She also had no remorse. She was smiling when they handcuffed, when she was handcuffed in her jumpsuit, when they were, uh, police were leading her to, I don't know if she was going to the jail or going to a trial. I don't know what she was doing. She's smiling. And that's in, uh, you can see it in the episode on Evil Lives Here. She's smiling. I'm like, you, oh, I, I just like, you killed kids. You know what? And you're smiling. It just, oh, it just made me so mad when I was watching that. I know there's no, there's no, nothing's going to get, get with yelling at a television. I understand. But believe me, I wanted to just lash out of that TV when I saw her smiling, that freaking face of hers. Okay. <laughs> she was sentenced to death also on December 19th of 2005. She blamed Dustin and called him a sociopath. It was all Dustin, blah, blah, blah. And she was resentenced to life without parole. And she agreed to drop all of her appeals. So she was resentenced to life. She is currently in FCI Waseca, Minnesota. And that's where she's at. While in prison, Dustin Honkin converted to Catholicism, Catholicism, if I'm saying that right, the Archbishop of Newark Cardinal Joseph Tobin wrote to President Trump early July of 2020 asking, asking to commute Dustin's sentence, claiming he had witnessed Dustin's spiritual growth in faith and compassion. Okay. That really didn't sit well with me either. Of course, it didn't happen. So on July 17th of 2020, Dustin was executed by lethal injection at 3.36 p.m. after saying his Hail Mary. So he's gone. Thank you. I am so happy to hear that because he killed those little girls for no reason. Those innocent little kids. And I'm telling you, I that just, oh, it just made me sick. I just couldn't, oh, it just made me so sad. Oh, so anyway... I saw this episode. It's Evil Lives Here, Shadows of Death. The Wicked Pair, again, is the name of the episode. And I think it's in the fourth season. I, I was able to watch it on Max. Excuse me. And um, I don't know exactly if there... I mean, you could probably get it on IDGO um, or Demand or something. But um, I had seen this a while ago when it actually premiered, but it I only seen part of it. I saw like the last part of it and Terry's daughter's on there talking about it. She was the one that he dropped off at his, his mom's house. He dropped her off at his mom's house, her grandmother. And then that was right before he got murdered and she's on there talking about it. It's a good episode. And Angela's best friend is on there and she, Angela told her best friend about this. 
She said, I got to tell somebody. And she told her best friend about it. And her best friend was like, you get out of my house. Like, I don't want you around here anymore. And she said, but wait, if you tell anybody, Dustin's going to kill your kids. And then he's going to kill you. This is a, a, a woman that's her best friend, supposedly her best friend, a really good friend of hers, telling her this. And this woman had nightmares. She had nightmares. She had nightmares where she seen these little girls and she had finally, she ended up going to the police, but I can't rem remember exactly when it wasn't till later because she was scared. I mean, Dustin had all these connections. He was uh, one of the biggest meth labs in the country. He had connections. Oh my gosh. I just, I had no idea that he was an A student. I mean, well, some of these smart people, I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with smart people. I am not, was never that smart. Smart people are very successful in anything they do, whether it's good and bad, I think. So that actually kind of makes it scary that he was as smart as he was because he got away with this. I mean, and by looking at him, he doesn't look like the type, like when he first went to, when he first got his mugshot taken, he looked like a nerd. He had, he just looked like a nerd. He looked like just an all around American white boy. Like it, that's what he looked like. And he is pure evil, pure evil. So I had to tell the story. I had to. This just made my mouth drop. I could not believe it, especially right here in the Midwest, Iowa, the next state over. I mean, it just seems, oh my gosh. So anyway, that is episode 90, 10 more, and I'm at 100. I'm just, uh, this is amazing. So um, that is all for today. I'm trying to think of what I've watched. I know I said it on the Patreon episode last uh the one I did on Nicholas Barclay, but there was something else that I watched. I was trying to remember what it was because um, I get on here and then I forget. Um, but I am watching True Detective, uh, the new one with Jodie Foster, and it is pretty good. I've gotten three episodes in. There was one on Sunday night I have not watched yet. So far, it's very intriguing. It's different, but it's very intriguing. It's up in Alaska, and it's funny because it's always dark. And I keep thinking it's late at night, but it's like, no, it's always dark at this time in, in Alaska that this takes place. So um, I'm watching that. Um, Death by Fame. That's a good one. That just started back new season on ID. So I'm watching that. Um, like I said, I was trying to remember. It seemed like there was something I was watching. I got into the new Fargo on Hulu. Um, that's also on FX, but that's, um, with John Hamm. So far it's pretty good. So far it's pretty good. I'm not through it yet. Cause I keep jumping around to, to different shows and that. So that's actually pretty good. So I'm, I'm watching that as well. So, um, I've got a lot that I'm checking out <laughs> on different streaming channels. And then I started listening to a podcast. If you like movies, there's a, a podcast called uh, Popcorn and Ketchup, and it's it's called that because ketchup, meaning they're catching up on older movies they have not seen or haven't seen in a while. Um, I listened to the Lethal Weapon. These guys didn't see Lethal Weapon. I was in shock until just recently. So it's like that. It's like popular movies that they haven't seen. It's very good, though, because they'll, they'll see at the beginning of some of them, they're talking before they watched it, and then they're like, we're going to go watch it and come right back. So they watched it. And then they come right back on and they say, um, they talk about it and they think, wow, that was really good. I never heard of that movie. Or 
I never saw that movie just because I didn't know that's what it was about. And then they start talking about it, whether they liked it or hated it. And it's actually really funny. They do their likes, their hates. So if you, or dislikes, I should say. So if you like movies, it's really good. And I I think they're funny when they discuss it too. So um, they're not annoying at all. They're just, they're just, it's just funny to listen to. Um, so that is, and then at the end they say, we're going to give it nine out of 10 popcorn buckets or nine out of 10, whatever. So like when they did Lethal Weapon, uh, we'll give it eight out of 10 popcorn buckets with some shell casings on top. And th- they'll put like toppings on it. It's from the movie. It's so funny. And it's just, it's just something to laugh at. It's just <laughs> so I've been starting to listen to that. And uh, Slaycation is another one I'm kind of getting into about murders on vacation. Um, I think I talked about Dark Down East last time. I got to get caught up. I'm, I'm on that one because... And that takes place on the East Coast. And of course, I'm still listening to Crime Junkie and Going West and Death Do Us Part. Um, so I'm trying to think if there was any other new ones. I know uh, there's just so many I'm checking out, but um, very good, very good new podcasts out there. If you haven't heard of all the different ones um, that <laughs> that I name off, but um, I still listen to Murder With My Husband, which I really like. Um, but that is all for today. Everybody have a wonderful hump day. It is Wednesday and we are one week into February already. So Valentine's Day is next week. Hope everybody has a good Valentine's Day or a Galentine's Day or a non-Valentine's Day. So, um, I hope everybody has a great week. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, any suggestions, please, please email me, shoot me an email. I'll have everything in the show notes, the Java mama, the email, my email, Instagram, Facebook, all of it. So, um, cause I do love suggestions and, um, that's all for today. Have a great one, everybody. And I will see you next time.